Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Making Of. Um, this is actually a closed session that we are hosting in front of our mastermind, um, mastermind members, but um, we all know and love Dr. Chris Phelps, and he has agreed to open this up so that you guys can be a fly on the wall. So um, without further ado, um, Chris, take it away. Thank you, Ashley. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight, wherever you may be in the world. Uh, you know, anytime we talk about a subject like this marketing, uh, you almost can't shut me up because it's it's something near and dear to my heart. And I've always had a passion for it. And, you know, I don't have a marketing degree. I never went to, you know, got a marketing um MBA or anything like that, because, uh, but I went through a marketing school called the School of Hard Knocks, <laughs> which in essence means I had to learn the hard way, right? And so always has been my goal that whenever I screw stuff up and learn those hard lessons, if I can turn around and share what I've learned with others so that they don't have to go through that, then I consider that a big win. So I was just telling some of the folks that got on uh, before we started this kind of my origin story in, you know, marketing, so to speak, was when I really started digging into it to really try to understand it and and ultimately try to simplify it. Right. Because if we can't simplify it, then we can't really understand it and really do anything with it. So I had to simplify this complex thing for myself. And it was when I had sold two of my best offices and I sold and I kept my two of my kind of struggling offices, if you will. Uh, both of which were fee-for-service, so kind of a challenge to find new patients in general. And I was only getting 60 patients, 30 at one office and 30 at the other, but spending over 36000 a month in marketing at the time. And I knew the answer was on the telephone, but at the time, there really wasn't very good tracking systems to help me figure that out. So that was kind of my first business I created outside of my dental practice was a call tracking company. Because ultimately, I needed it. And, uh, you know, I know I needed the data that was on that telephone call, but I didn't have the time to sit there and listen to them all. Okay. Well, once I got the data, it made me sick to find out what my problem was, is that we could not answer 254 new patient calls a month. Um, it would just ring and ring and people would hang up or go to voicemail or I got a busy signal. Or if my team did answer, which was a miracle, uh, they only skipped, made an appointment 24% of the time. And we had a 17% no-show rate. Okay. And that was for like direct mail and kind of some of those more traditional mediums online. Our no-show rate was even higher. It was probably more like high thirties or in low forties. Okay. So it was really a crapshoot to see if any of those people would come. So it really forced me, as I said, to dig in and figure out why, you know, not only the, the lost opportunity side, how do we answer more calls? How do we schedule? Um, how do we influence people to show up? But ultimately what can I do in marketing to, generate the right quantity and quality of new patient leads. So people who are going to spend enough to justify the expense and to get enough of those to help me reach my practice goals, to get myself busier. I had associates at the time. So obviously to get my associates bigger and to help them grow a practice within my practice, which was really what my ultimate goal was. And so ultimately, if I had to sum up marketing and how marketing really works properly, into three main categories, it's this. You got to know who your target market is, okay? Without a doubt. If you don't know who you want more of, you have no chance to get them. <laughs> and relying on a marketing company, and if you think that they understand who your target market is and you think they know how to find them, you'll be sad to find out nine times out of 10, they have no clue. 
unfortunately, most of them are really good at selling us on their marketing services. But as I said, they have no idea who our target market is or how to find them. So that's key. You got to know who you want more of. And it's not just a body in the chair, right? Or, you know, somebody with a pulse. The more specific you can make that, the easier it's actually going to be to find them. The more generic you make it, the harder it is to find them. And you're going to waste opportunities in your chair that could cost you. So we got to know target market. The next thing is, you once you know who you want, you got to know what you're going to say to them, right? So we're in this day of age with technology and everything on our to-do list. Our brain is so distracted, okay? We scan everything. We half listen to everything, right? Nobody has time anymore. So therefore, we're barely looking and paying attention to anything putting in front of us, right? Whether it's visual, auditory, or what have you. So knowing that if whatever medium your advertisement's in, if it doesn't have something that grabs people's focus and attention, you have no chance to influence them to pick up the phone to call. So in my persuasion workshops, I show a video of a person and who literally walks into what he thinks knows is an experiment. And there's a guy at the counter there and he fills out a little paper for this guy and he hands him the sheet of paper. And this guy that's in front of him drops down behind the counter in front of him. So you can't see him anymore. And then a totally different dude stands up who looks similar, but is completely different. But a totally different person stands up and hands him the slip of paper back and says, yeah, you can go to in that room down there. That's where the experiment begins. And so these people go and then they, they meet a researcher immediately and they're like, hey, just curious, what'd you notice about what just happened out there? You tell us about the experience and they're like, well, you know, there was a plant and, you know, I filled out a form. What was on the form? I don't know. I half read it, you know, and they were like, did you notice that the person you started talking to was completely different than the person that you ended up talking to? Right. It's crazy. I mean, we're, we're pretty perceptive people. What do you guys think? You think you would notice if somebody switched out on you? mid conversation like that? Well, 75% of the time people had no idea that it was no way. 75% of the time. Okay? And they've done that experiment when it was a man versus a woman, different ethnicities even. Okay. What? And it's still the majority of the time people don't know. Okay. It's crazy. So what that showed me is, is that if you don't capture that focus and attention, they're not even seeing it. So your message or what I call the headline of your story has got to grab them from the, from the get-go, okay? And we'll talk about how do I frame messages because it's important because if you can't get that, they're not going to see it. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we got to consider is now we know the right message that's going to get their attention and want them to want to learn more. Where do we put this thing? So what's your medium, right? That's the third big category. So it's market, it's message, and it's medium. So if whatever you're spending your money in marketing, whatever it is, if it's if you think it's not working, then oftentimes it falls into if it's on the lead generation side of things, meaning you're not getting enough quantity of opportunities, okay? Then you've got a problem in one of those two areas. Either you've got the right you know who your target market is and you've got the right message, something that would stimulate them or influence them to to be want to learn more, but the medium that you're using, your target market isn't there. So for instance, like I'm not going to necessarily start to market um, complicated uh, facial aesthetics, let's say, or, um, oh, I'm trying to think what would be a good example. Like, you know, my, my senior crowd, for instance, so the same messages that resonate with my active independent living retirees is going to be worthless if I put that message on TikTok, Right. Right. Because my my 65 year old plus people are not on TikTok. (laughs) 
maybe I might get lucky if their grandkid shows them a TikTok and I happen to be on that. <laughs> but other than that, they're not there, right? Does that make sense? So I got the right yes. message, but if it's the wrong medium, they're not going to see it. Or you got the right medium, your your market is there, they are looking or listening to that medium, but the message is wrong. It doesn't grab their focus, it doesn't grab their attention, and therefore, again, it's like they weren't even there, okay? So usually the problem is in one of those two areas. So when I started doing radio ads early on, uh, I don't do radio ads where, you know, uh, I'm doing the commercial, okay? Because, you know, most of the time I feel like if we try to do the commercial, it sounds hickish or it doesn't come off well. Um, you know, I'm Dr. Phelps, come on down. I'll, I'll take good care of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what's going to sound like here in the South. Right. But so, and at the same time, I didn't like the standard radio announcer's voice. Come on down to Carolina's dental center. They're going to take care of you and do all your dental needs in one place. Right. Because again, I feel like when people are driving down the road and the commercial comes on, what do they do? They tune out. Right. They're not listening to it. So what did, did work for me was the celebrity endorsement spots. So I picked either the drive into work person or the drive home from work person. Okay. Because I knew they had an audience and I knew they were going to be promoting this thing during peak times that drive into work and drive home to work. So I know my target market's in their car during that time. There's no guarantee they're in their car listening to the radio any other time of the week. Right. But I at least knew then they were. So I picked the drive home uh, from work people. And the first couple of months I was doing it, the it was not bringing in the leads that I wanted because I was promoting general dentistry services. Yeah, nobody cares, okay? So again, I thought I had the right medium. I know my market's there, but it's not resonating. So I had to change my message. But as soon as I changed my message to a message of sedation, hmm. right? Uh, sleep through your visit, forget you were ever here were kind of some of the headlines that I used. Um, when I started talking about uh, uh, never miss work or school to see the, the dentist, meaning convenience, right? Because we're open after work hours. We were open on Saturdays. Um, so sedation was a big draw. People will drive for that because they're afraid. Okay. In fact, I had one dude that drove like 55 miles to come see me because he heard me on the radio. Because it's my afternoon radio folks were talking about me because one of them I sedated. Okay. So again, now I had the right message that resonated with that office, right? The impulse buyer and the whatnot. So like a call today, get in today message. If you're driving down the road and you got a toothache, it's going to resonate. So, but had I not changed the message, I might've missed out on all this great opportunity because it, it produced quite a return for me that I leveraged for the next 10 years. I did those radio ads, so to speak. Okay. So just know that most of, if you're having troubles in your marketing with getting the leads generated, it's usually the message or it's the medium. Or it's both, okay? So if it's not tracking like I want within three months, I'm gonna change that message and see if I can get and do it for three more months and see if I can get a, a change in the results and the outcome. But if it's not working for me at six months, then it's not the right medium, okay? My market is not there, okay? So that means I gotta try something else and pull up stakes. So when I think about marketing for me, it's not putting all my eggs in one basket. And in my book, I call it the hunter's mindset. It's fishing with multiple fishing poles, right? So it's spreading money, my marketing budget and money and time out over a couple of different mediums. I always like to have a mix of a couple of external things I'm testing, some online marketing, some something in the offline world, direct mail, what have you. And then I'm going to do my internal marketing stuff. 
And then I'm going to spend my time and do some of the grassroots marketing stuff because I love that stuff, especially startups, because all it costs you for the most part is time. And what do you have a lot of when you're starting out? Time. Okay. I mean, I've got some stuff like in networking groups I was in that I joined that they're still patients of mine today, 20 years later. And they re referred a buttload of people to me just because I'd have breakfast for them on a Wednesday morning. Right. And they'd send me patients. I'd refer them patients or, or, you know, customers for their business, whether it was insurance or lawyers or, you know, all kinds of different professionals. But it was a referral network group. I mean, who better to help support you, right, than somebody who's got a list of people that might be looking for you. So, again, so it's a it's a mix of those three, those three columns. Right. So external marketing, internal marketing and the grassroots stuff. But just know it's market, medium and message. OK. So if we want to expand upon it, I call it in my book, I call it the seven pillars of marketing. So we talked about who your target market is. How do you find more of those? What is this message that's going to attract them, make you stand out? What medium are you going to use to put this stuff out there so your target market's going to have an opportunity to be exposed to it? But then we got to go into, well, now what's the content going to look like? Who are we trying to target? Right? Because, you know, you could try to target what we call the consumer business cycle, which is, are you trying to target people in the awareness phase of their buying, meaning that they don't have, know they even have an issue and you're the first one to bring it up. So they were unaware completely, or they feel like they have a problem, but they're not sure exactly what it is. So they're trying to become aware of what the problem is. So that's the awareness stage. That's a call today, get in today kind of person, an emergency, right? Versus somebody who already knows what their problem is, but now they're looking in the options phase. Right. They're just trying to figure out, well, what else is there? I heard one thing over here, but it didn't satisfy my search. What else can I do? So they're looking for options. They're in that options phase. They're in the consideration phase, as we call it. And the last phase is, well, they know what their problem is. They know what their options are, but they're looking for the authority. Who's the expert? Who's the best person to do this for me? Right. So if I was going to do any kind of marketing, how, which do you think of those do I want to shape my content towards? Well, I know for me, I want some of that, those people that are looking for options and who's looking for the best. Mm -hmm. Because if you're looking for the best, it's not about the money mm -hmm. necessarily, right? So who, that's, if I want to target anybody, it's going to be that person, which is why, you know, for the options phase and the authority, one of my favorite offers is free second opinion. It's always in my advertisements, okay? Because why? Who tends to get the work? Not the original doc. <laughs> who, who was unfortunately caught them in the awareness phase and took them from I'm okay to uh, now I got cancer and I'm going to die. That's a shock, right? Versus our world is I'm okay. Now I need all, I have all these two problems and it's cost me $10,000 to fix. Holy crap. Really? You're just going to drop that on somebody in the first visit? When you just met them? That's a lot for somebody to handle if you don't influence them properly, right? So, of course, they got shocked. They're looking for options. They're going to come to you. Great. I love those people. Because normally now it's me as, another, as the second authority that's told them and confirmed they have dental issues. And because of the convenience that they like us and some of the other things that you're going to do, they're more than likely going to do the business with you. Okay. So, I only give a free exam and x-ray to second opinions. That's the only one you'll see me advertise. Hmm. The only other person I'll give a free exam and x-ray to, and I think I mentioned this at the last mastermind meeting was, is the price shopper on the telephone. 
someone who specifically asks how much is your whatever? How much is your crown? How much is your denture? How much is your blah, 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 extraction? Because the, the mindset of the price shopper is they're so fixated and committed to getting the best possible price or making it about the price that they won't hear anything else. So if I know that's what their focus is on, then my strategy has to be tied to that. So if money in that moment is the issue, then I'm going to get rid of the money altogether. Well, you know what? In our office, it won't cost you a thing to come in, to, to come in with an x-ray and we'll take all that down and the doctor will sit with you and go over what the problem is and you know exactly how much it's going to be before we do anything. So it costs you nothing to come in and find out. Does that work for you? Great. This week or next week. <laughs> and we go into trying to schedule them, okay? So the price shopper is the second person I'll give the free exam and x-ray to, okay? So again, the content of the ad is going to be important. And we can use words and images and pictures and things to shape that content and create emotions geared towards the type of person to incentivize them to want to pick up the phone and come our direction. So we got the content as our fourth big pillar. So we got market, message, medium, content. But now we need a hook, right? Studies show that advertisements with a call to action versus advertisements with no call to action get more results, right? So if there's no call to action, then they call that top of mind marketing. And when you think of top of mind marketing, it means you only care about it if you're thinking about it in that moment. And the best top of mind marketing advertising I can think of is a billboard. Because think about this, when you're driving down the highway, when do you ever notice billboards? When you're hungry or you need gas, right? And suddenly you start noticing them everywhere. Oh, there they are. But it's top of mind, right? So the eyes only see, the ears only hear what the brain is looking for, as one of my mentors taught me, right? So when your focus becomes on it, then it's important in that moment. So call, top of mind is great, but not everybody's top of mind looking for a dentist, right? And especially if they're driving down the road, I may miss a whole lot of other opportunities. So I like call to action offers. So the offer can actually dictate the quality of the person who calls your office. So, you know, there's things we can do at this point to shape the quantity of people that are going to respond, but the quality is even more important sometimes. Sometimes I'd rather have quality over quantity. I'd rather have five patients that'll spend 20 grand each, right? Than 20 patients that'll spend a thousand each. Right? So what would a call to action look like for a quality buyer? Yeah, so let's talk about which one is not going to bring in a quality buyer. You're a $99 special. Right. Or in some markets is now a $79 special. Or in other markets, I've seen it as a $49 special. Or the sad little town in Texas, I saw the advertisement. They were literally giving away a $249 cleaning exam and x-rays just for free. Hoping, they call that a foot in the door strategy when you just give it away. So you're giving it away, hoping that somebody's going to respond and hoping that they appreciate this gift enough to come back and spend money. Mm -hmm. right? The maid industry, there's all kinds of industries that have competed on price so much in their offers that, that it's a race to the bottom. That's, there's nowhere to go but free at that point. Luckily, we're not there yet. So what I tell people is instead of doing a $99 special, just humor me and double it. I'd rather you do a $199 special. <laughs> because when you go $99, the mindset you're attracting is I want the cheapest possible price. Mm -hmm. Right? which means when they get in your chair and you present treatment to them, then those are the price shoppers that are going to shop that elsewhere to find it the cheapest possible place. You haven't changed that. Versus if I do a $199 special, and let's say my fee is normally 300, 
Well, that attracts automatically a different caliber person, a different quality person, somebody who just wants a, some, a little something off for doing what they know they need to do anyway. Now, that's something that's not going to negotiate with me on the price necessarily. It's not going to nickel and dime me. So automatically, I'm setting the stage to get a better quality person because of that, right? So I like uh, those kind of offers. And this is the offer, the free second opinion is what we call an authority offer. Um, that's going to bring a better quality person, more likely to spend more. Um, you know, my favorite, of course, is what I call um, scratch two things off your list, right? So the, I wanted this idea from people when they look at every other dental advertisement, because again, when you know what people are comparing things to, then you know how to stand out. So I know when they look at every other dental ad that says the same thing, I get my teeth cleaned over here, I get my teeth cleaned over here, I get my teeth cleaned over here. First, they look at my ad and it goes, wait, I can get my teeth cleaned over here and get my car washed and detailed? Wait, I can get my teeth cleaned over here and I can bring in some, some stuff for the dry cleaners and they'll dry clean my clothes for me and deliver it to my home? Clean teeth, clean clothes. I get my teeth, my, my teeth cleaned over here and uh, they'll clean my house. They'll send a maid to clean my house for me, right? So we're in an age of convenience, folks. If you haven't understood that, look at every successful business that's grown out there, from Uber to DoorDash to Instacart to whatever, Carvana. I mean, good Lord, you don't have to leave your freaking house to buy anything these days. It can just be brought right to you. So if you haven't thought about the, every touch point in your patient experience and how you make that more convenient for them, you need to. But from this point, I'm talking about convenience offers. Why go to over here and just get one thing done when I can get scratch two things off my list over here? Teeth cleaned and something else that I was going to have to do anyway. Now, I like the car wash idea because, you know, I hate washing my car. I don't know about you guys. And uh, I found that people kind of value that. They hate doing it too. <laughs> so I'm not alone in that category. And you can negotiate that, right? So, I mean, I got it down to like 15 bucks for a car and 20 bucks for an SUV. Um, and had a guy there on certain days and man, do people value that offer. So again, I'm thinking it's a marketing acquisition cost. Would I pay the next, you know, 15 bucks to 20 bucks to get somebody who's going to spend an average of $1,754 in my practice in the first year minimum? Because that's what my new patients were worth. That's what they were spending. If it was a sedation patient, it was over 3000 in the first year. So how many of you'd spend 20 bucks to find that person? Am I alone? Right. Only on days that end in Y. <laughs> okay. So again, and a lot of these stuff didn't have to cost you anything. Like, you know, I went to the maid industry because they're giving it away for free anyway. And I often say, let other people's giveaways be your offer. If they're already committed to giving it away for business, why wouldn't they let you give it away for them? To your own patients and to potential new patients. So that was my clean teeth, clean house. And you pick this around times when people are going to value it the most. When their mindset is on spring cleaning, guess when the best time to send a maid to clean their home is, right? When it's the holiday season and nobody has time to do anything, but they need their house cleaned the most, guess when the best time to offer that is? The same time, right? Uh, I was just, I found a gift wrapping service, a mobile gift wrapping service that'll wrap your gifts for you. You know, I don't have time to do that. And if I did, it would take me three hours to wrap that damn gift. And it would look terrible, <laughs> Whereas this person can in five minutes, yeah, I'll pay you for that, sure. Well, I'm going to pay him to come to my office and it's going to be clean teeth, wrap your present in December. So bring your presents. I don't care how many you want to bring. I'll wrap them as my gift to you. If that's what brings you in the door, 
you know, nobody's going to come in and bring a hundred presents for you to wrap. But if they value that, they're going to bring four or five. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know what? I'll pay 25 bucks, 30 bucks for that. Cause I know what they're going to spend. Does that make sense? Yeah. Rethink your mindset on what do you want to give to people, right? What are you willing to give to them that can make it convenient to come to you so they can get my, their teeth cleaned and what else that they might value? Uh, Papa John's Pizza, not Papa John's Pizza, uh, Papa Murphy's is a pizza place that's nationwide. But now you can get homemade pizzas at your Harris Teeter, your local grocery store. You can go in, they're frozen, they're homemade. All the person has to do is literally throw it in the oven. Well, you can buy a little freezer, keep it at the front desk, and clean teeth. Dinner's on me, right? For every new patient with any ex- uh, paid exam, cleaning, and necessary uh, x-rays and cleaning, so to speak, uh, dinner's on us. We'll give you a free Papa Murphy's pizza. You can take home and pop in the oven for dinner. So I can get my tea cleaned and I don't have to cook tonight. Where's mom, soccer mom going to go? Boom. Can I get one more for the family? Hey, for you? Of course you can. My gift to you. Right? So again, it's going to attract a better quality person automatically. Someone who's not focused on your price, but values the gift that you were given and is going to value the service and experience they're going to have at your office. Okay? So the offer can totally dictate the quality of the person that walks through your door. Quality to me, again, is someone who pays my full fee mm-hmm. and comes back, <laughs> right? Not someone who comes for a special and has never seen or heard from again. That is not a quality person, okay? So the offer is huge, okay? So that's our fifth category. You got to learn how to add more influence to this stuff, okay? We can, uh, advertisements with the science of influence and persuasion automatically grab more people's focus and attention and influence them to respond, Okay. And you know, there's six principles I teach on that topic. And the last one, of course, is you got to understand how to track this stuff. It's the number one thing most dentists don't understand or really value. And I understand why, because the data is ugly. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, it was not a fun day when I saw I did not answer 254 calls that I paid for. And my team only made an appointment 24% of the time. And our no-share rate was atrocious. Okay. Because otherwise, in my mind, we were fairly successful. And then you look at that and you add up what you're leaving on the table and it's a gut punch. Okay. But if you don't track this stuff, you don't know what you don't know. And it's killing you. Right. So there's the lead generation side of things. But if we're not handling these opportunities, the lost opportunity side is honestly, in my opinion, what's killing most of your practices. All the calls that you could have answered, like Ashley said, she's only been on with Golden Goose for a short amount of time. And she's already seen appointments pop on the schedule that our team captured because we were back up to her team that would have been gone. Had we not grabbed those. Okay. I I have yet to have an office. I don't care how small you are, whether you're spending money in marketing or not, we've yet to have an office come on that we did not get an extra five or 10 new patients a month for immediately. Just from the the answering thing, not even the conversion side of things, just from the answering side of things. Okay. So I know if you need more new patients, there's an easy way, easy way to get it. You can look at the other side of the coin. You know, lead generation is great, but if we're, we're not capitalizing and answering and scheduling and influencing people to show, then it's a wasted expense, okay? So those are your seven pillars. So market, message, medium, now the content, who are we looking for, uh, awareness phase, consideration phase, authority phase. Uh, what kind of pictures and the words are we going to use to shape emotions in that? Uh, we're going to look for um, what offers we can use. Uh, I like uh, the scratch two things off your, your list. I call it convenience offers are my favorite 
and really produce a high quality person that comes to the practice? Uh, how can we add more influence to these things? And of course, you got to know how to track it. So what are the top five things and metrics you need to track marketing properly? Well, first is missed calls. Okay, you got to know if we're not answering the phone, we need to know that. But we got to know the pattern, right? We got to know, is it uh, certain times of the day? Is it certain times of the week? So I tracked it by that times of the day, days of the week and weeks of the month. Okay, because there were certain weeks I realized that we weren't answering. And of course, it was usually around holiday times, like the end of the year and whatnot. But ultimately, if you're tracking all those areas, there's always a pattern that shows so the majority of offices miss their phone calls from new patients 30 minutes before they open and extends into the first hour because that's when everybody's calling, existing patients especially. Your lunch hour, whenever that is. So if your office is like a ghost town like mine was during lunch, you're missing <laughs> some opportunities. Okay. And usually the last hour of the practice. So the 40, you know, 30 minutes before you close up to 30 minutes after you close. That's the window. That's when probably 80% of your missed calls are happening. Okay. Just from the statistics that I've been tracking for people. Um, but it is, they're all happening during business hours, right? Your new patients don't call you when you're closed. So don't worry about that. They look at your website. They know you're not open. So why would they call you then? It's always, always happening when you're open. So you got to know missed calls by time of the day, day of the week, and ideally, you know, months of the year. Um, the next thing is we got to know what are we doing with those calls? What's the office conversion across the board? Okay. Next thing is you got to break that down into what's my individual team members conversions. So that was the first thing I looked at. I was like, holy crap, 24%. So everybody sucks. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I started looking into it and guess what? Out of my three main team members at one office. Okay. I had a superstar who was converting 84% of the time. Mm. And the other two were like less than 10. Okay. But guess who answered 90% of the calls? The two almost less than 10. <laughs> so crap. All right. Well, what's an easy thing I could do without doing anything else to change that outcome? Who's first to answer from this point on? The highest converter. 80% person. Yeah. So again, even if this person was in the 40s and the others were in the 10s, it still would have been better to put that person first. Right. But if I didn't have the data, I wouldn't have known. Okay. So you got to know conversions. The next category is if they did not make a, the appointment, you got to know why. I call this the reasons the appointment weren't booked. You have to know because there's two categories here. They either did make the appointment because it was in their control and they could have changed the outcome had they had better training, language, strategies to use, or it was out of their control, meaning nothing they were going to do was going to change that outcome. But when people track this stuff for teams, they lump them all into the same thing, into the same number, but they're really not. So for instance, like if somebody calls your office and says, uh, yeah, I need to come in on a Saturday. I can only come in on Saturday. It's my day off from work. Okay, well, we're open Monday through Friday. Which Monday through Friday can we get you? Maybe you didn't hear me. I can only come in on Saturdays, right? There's nothing that team member can do to change the outcome of that. Yeah, I need my wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah, we don't do that. Okay, but I need my wisdom teeth taken out. Okay, yeah, but we don't do that, <laughs> right? Or I need a Medicaid office. You take Medicaid? No, we don't take Medicaid. Okay, well, I need a Medicaid office. Can I still come in there? Well, you can if full fee, but we don't take Medicaid. I need a Medicaid office. Okay, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, you can't change the outcome of that. So 
I started siphoning those out and dividing them into those two buckets. And those that were out of my team's control, I took those off their data and gave them credit for it because there's nothing they could have done with it. But the things that were in their control, like the price shopper, the insurance question, that's different. Okay. So those are the ones I cared the most about and dug in and try to listen to them and figure out why we couldn't convert these calls. And then that's what I created a phone language uh, program to help my team. It's what my Golden Goose uh, agents have been trained on to overcome these obstacles, to really understand what is the person on the phone asking? What's their mindset? And what do we do to get around that? One that happened. Okay. But if you don't know the reasons, then you can't train. And they all need training and they need constant training. So the easiest thing, if you, all of you guys want to increase your patient conversions on the telephone without really any other training at all, two things you can do. Number one, start tracking it and get the data. And number two, meet with your team once in a month to go over their data and make sure they know this is going to happen every month as a group. So I do it with the whole office because I want everybody to know what their results are. So if they're improving, hey, I'm going to celebrate them as everybody is. But if they're not, everybody's going to know. Either way, it's on them. Okay. And I also do it because sometimes my back office team can get actually has come up with some really good insights to help my front office team say things differently on the phone. Because they've they've talked to patients similar to that or they've heard that kind of story and they they had better analogies to kind of give them. But ultimately, we'd sit down once a month over lunch and I'd say, hey, here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. You always start with the positive. Right. You always anchor people to the positive. Any team meeting doesn't matter. Here's what's working. Here's what's going well. Let's celebrate these wins. Now let's talk about our challenges. Because when you start with the good and go to a negative, suddenly the negative doesn't seem so bad or something that you can't get around. If you start negative and keep going negative, it gets worse and worse and worse. Right. And imagine what that does to morale over time. It's not good. So you start with what's good. Hey, Susie, look, you were 24% last month. Well, that sucked. But hey, you got to 30. Hey, all right. Score. I'll take it. Now let's dig into some of these calls and figure out, is there, and I, I had a transcript there, recall, and I said, no, let's read back the transcript because they don't like listening to themselves, but they don't mind reading what they said. So I'd say, all right, read the transcript back to me. All right, thinking about that now, is there anything you could have said differently that might've changed the outcome? And I'm going to give them a chance to think about it and come up with an answer. And then sometimes the answer is, no, there's nothing I could have done. Okay, that's fair. And then I'll go around the room. I'll say, Does, is there anybody else have any ideas for Tina on what she could have said? That's why I like the group. Because sometimes they have ideas. But what if you said it this way? What if you said it that way? Ooh, that's good. Yeah, let's try that next time. And then worst case scenario, I'll end it with, well, here's what I think you could have said. All right, let's try that. All right, let's move on to the next call. And the only ones we review are the ones they didn't schedule. Okay. And that's it. And we're done. And we come back the next month. How do we do? The moment I started doing that with no other training, it doubled my team's conversions. Doubled it. When they knew I was going to do it every month and I wasn't going to let it go. Okay. And then when I figured out the training for them, that's how I got them over to 84% conversions. Okay. So, but just by doing that, meeting with them, having the data number one, and then meeting with them to go over it automatically is going to increase their conversions if they're struggling. Okay. So you got to know the reasons the appointment isn't booked. Two more things on tracking. The next thing is you got to know the, the true ad source, the true ad source, because I want to give credit where credit's due. When you start marketing in any medium, if you've had tracking numbers on everything, so you knew where every call came from, 
automatically what's going to happen is that the number of calls that come from your website are going to skyrocket. Now your online marketing and SEO guy is going to be, uh, you know, patting himself on the back saying, doc, look at all these opportunities I got for you. SEO is killing it. No. What's happening is in any kind of marketing that you do, if the advertisement itself doesn't satisfy that person's search, which if it's not have, uh, it doesn't have the influence stuff in it, most of the time it doesn't, but they like something about it and they're giving you the benefit of the doubt, the patient will go to your website looking for more information to satisfy their search. And if they like what they see there, then they pick up the phone and call. But what number are they calling from? The website. It's the one in front of them because people don't know what your number is. So, of course, your website calls are going to skyrocket. But that's not necessarily what drove them to your office, which is what I really want to get to. For instance, if my radio ads with the tracking number that I used on the radio, okay, I only was getting like two or three calls a month from that specific number. But I was paying $14,000 a month for those ads. So on the surface, you might think, well, that's not working. Well, when I, we started listening to the website calls, and uh, the most important question the front desk team can ask of any potential new patient is, how did you hear about us? And if they're not asking it religiously, then you got to print that statement out and tape it to the phone mm -hmm. until it becomes a habit. I had to do that, <laughs> okay? Because if it's not in their habit, they're not going to do it. But if they get a reminder, you got a chance, okay? How did you hear about us? And so when I heard things like, oh, I heard you on the radio. Hey, Matt and Ramona said I should come here. But they're calling from my website. What's the real, who drove them to my office? Matt and Ramona, right? The radio ads. So I would give credit back to where credit was due. Actually coming to find out I was getting over 20 new patients a month from that radio ad. Mm -hmm. Most of which were sedation spending three grand a year with me in the first year alone. So suddenly it changes that return on investment big time, right? So you kind of got to really get to know where the real ad source is. And with tracking numbers, you can track online ads. You don't have to just rely on, hey, look how many clicks I got. Look how many, how much web traffic and look how many impressions I got. No, no, no. You can actually track it online or not and know exactly how many people picked up the freaking phone and called and right. what happened. Because the last piece of bit you need for data is the actual return on investment. This people with the estimated return on investment Okay, the anticipated return on investment. Well, your new patient value is $1,000 in the first year. Look, we got you 20 phone calls. That's 20,000 in potential revenue we sent your way. Suddenly, my, the 5,000 a month you're spending with us looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, except it's crap, right? It's a just enough half-truth to justify what you're spending with them. But what I want to know is, okay, well, first off, my new patient value is more than that, okay? But secondly... Out of those 20 phone calls, how many were actually new patients versus existing? Because you'd be surprised how many of your existing patients who don't know what your phone number is are calling your mark from your marketing pieces. How many people are these sales calls soliciting calls? Because when they see your advertising, they're thinking, well, if they're spending money on that, maybe they'll spend their money with me. Let me try to sell them something. No. How many real new patient opportunities did I get? Did they make an appointment? Did they show? How much did they spend? That's the only thing that matters. Okay. Then you can calculate that back to what you spent to get them. And that's the actual return on investment. Okay. So you got to be able to, to calculate that and know what, am, what are these people spending and what is it costing me to get them in the door? Okay. So those are the five main areas you got to understand to really track marketing. And that's how you make marketing a science, man. Once you get the data, the risk, it just stares you in the face. It's like, well, of course I needed Sally answering the phone first. Duh. But I didn't know that, right? 
So again, get the data and suddenly marketing becomes a whole lot easier. Okay. So that's our last pillar, right? You gotta, you gotta be able to track this stuff and know what the actual return on investment is to be able to do that. Okay. Um, what else? I think, oh, I wanted to hit you with this. So the biggest question I get is, cause it is of all of them, your offer is important. Uh, but if you don't have that message figured out, like I said, if you don't grab their focus and attention, you don't have a chance to get them to influence them to call. So I feel like the message is the most important thing, right? So the mistake I see people making is they, the message is just listing the things that you do. Oh, I do root canals and crowns and dentures and whatever. Okay. Number one, the patients don't know what that is. And number two, they don't care. Oh, and look, every other dentist is saying the same thing. So you don't even stand out. Well, that doesn't help. Okay. No, and it's not uh, that I do CEREC, or it's not that I do, I have a laser. You know, and you know how we like to show pictures of the technology and stuff, because we spend a lot of money on it. Look at my 3D printer. I'm going to put that on there. Nobody cares. Okay. That's not what drives people to your office. So your message, the headline of the story should answer this question. What problem does your target market have that your service or the thing you're trying to promote solves? And now ask yourself, how does it solve their problem? How it solves their problem, that's your headline. That's the thing that's going to grab their attention, right? Like one of my headlines is call today, get in today. That's the first thing they see. Boom. Okay. Because the problem they have is they got a toothache and they've called every other dental office have been told they can't get in until when? Probably next week or the next. But what did I just tell them right up front? How do I solve their problem? Because I got open chair time capacity. All of you guys have open chair time capacity, right? Your startups. So if anybody should be using that message, it's you guys. Call today, get in today, guaranteed, boom. Now I didn't guarantee I'd treat them today. I didn't even guarantee I'd start it today. But I know what their focus is on and their search is on where can I get in? I can get in here today. That's where I'm going. Now I'll look at it. If I got time, obviously I'll diagnose it. I'll manage it. Anti-inflammatories, uh, antibiotics. I'll start it if I can. I'll finish it if I can, but it's not guaranteed. But if I get them in, guess who they're going to come back to, to actually do the work? Me. Why? Because I helped them out and satisfied them. So again, sedation dentistry, what problem does my sedation dentistry patients have? They were terrified of the dentist. Well, how does sedation dentistry solve their fear? Because of that lovely side effect of sedation, amnesia. They have no idea what happened at the visit. They cannot remember it at all. So when my headline says, forget you were ever here, and it's got a picture of a dental office, a scared patient is going to go, wait, what? I would love to forget I was ever there. What is this about? Okay, tell me more. So you see what I mean, how I solve the problem? Let's say they can't take off work, right? They have to go to after work hours or weekends. Well, my never miss work or school again, that headline stands out, resonates with them. That's who it's going to track. You don't have insurance. That's where the membership plan, no insurance. I got your back. I got something for you, right? You don't have to go without. Like that, no insurance, you don't have to go without. That's going to grab their attention to go, ooh, what is this? Now I want to read more. Now they'll look at your content and they'll dive deeper, so to speak. So think about the problem the person has. Whatever service you're trying to promote, I don't care what it is, your hours, your whatever it is, 
How is it solving the problem? That's your headline. Okay. Now you got a chance to get them in the door. Okay. With the right offers, with good tracking, again, you know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You spread it out over a couple of different areas and you'll know what's going to work, where the fish are biting and where they're not. And if they're biting, hey, I'll double down and see if I can get more out of that fishing spot. If they're not, hey, I'm not afraid to pull up stakes and go put in money elsewhere. Right. Cause there, I can literally tell you, if you read my book, you know, there's nothing I haven't tried because <laughs> I needed to, right. I wanted to figure this out. Cause so I ultimately, once I nailed down how to do these things properly, then I could just turn them off and on like light switches. So yeah, I bring on a new associate. Great. Okay. Well, now I got to add more new patients. So let me go back to these other sources I haven't used in a while, but let me turn them back on. Cause now I know I can get 10 new patients out of this one. I can get 15 out of that one. I get 30 out of that one. Again, as long as I'm getting a return, if I'm getting more back than what I put into it, it's not an expense. Then you got to just spend to your goal, right? Because some things like my radio ad will, won't necessarily generate a ton of quantity. All right, maybe I'll get 12 or 15 new patients a month. So not quantity, but the quality is there. They're spending three grand plus. So it didn't take that many to do well. Versus I know my direct mail piece was always getting me on average around 40 new patients a month. We'd spend around 1,700 a year. Okay. Still win from what I was paying. So ultimately, I'll keep picking and choosing these things until I get to my goal. Now, the one thing you have to consider, and I forgot to mention this before, when it comes to hitting your new patient goals is you got to understand what your attrition rate is. And as a startup, you won't have to deal with this yet, but it won't take long before you start feeling it's, it's ugly uh, bite, if you will. So while the telephone and the, the lost opportunity, the missed calls and poor conversions is a silent killer to your growth, attrition is another big killer that nobody really talks about. So attrition means how many patients have you lost this month, right? Because if you think about it, let's say you, I can't tell you how many doctors have told me, hey, I'm getting 35 new patients a month and I'm not growing. I did the same this year as I did last year, or I actually did less this year than last year. What's going on? Because some people have told them that at 35 new patients a month is a healthy new patient flow. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Whenever I hear these stories from doctors, I can tell them the problem is, is the attrition. And when we dig into it, I'm like, yeah, doc, you're getting 35 patients a month, but you're losing 37. That's why you're not growing. In fact, you're down a little bit because you, for every patient you lose, you need a new patient to replace their production just to break even. And so you can't really even start to grow until you get to that point, okay, as a result. So you got to know what that attrition is. So how do you calculate that, right? How do we calculate attrition? Well, I like, I mean, there's softwares that do it, but ultimately, if you're using any kind of software to do this, you got to ask them um, how they calculate the number. So what I do is I only look at this in hygiene, so only in the hygiene column. And because to me, if they come in just to the doctor's side chair, there's, that's not a guarantee they're going to be a long-term patient. They may just be, I've got patients that only come to see me for emergencies and they're on my once a 10-year plan. Okay. I see them, but they don't go to anybody else except me. So I only look at the hygiene ones because those are the ones I feel like are real patients of the practice. And you look at the, the, this time last year. So back it up 12 months and look at everybody who came through hygiene 12 months ago, new and existing. And what you want to ask yourself is, in your case, if you're new, it'll be six months. So go back six months and say, who came through hygiene this month, new and existing? And now look at your schedule, because if they're still in the practice, they should still be there. They should be on the schedule. 
If they're not, then you've lost them. So I want to know how many of those am I losing every month? Because I have my new patient count has to equal it just to break even before you can even think about growing. So don't underestimate or don't ignore your attrition rate. It's huge. Okay. And if you have it, there's ways to lessen it and there's ways to uh, eliminate it. You will never eliminate it hundred percent, but there's ways you can reactivate people. Um, but you got to know what it is or it's going to slowly kill you over time. So. That was hey. awesome, Chris. I, yeah. um, I want to selfishly use you because I, I want this to be um, an open forum too. And I know that, well, docs, anytime you guys have a question, feel free to, to um, interrupt. But I feel like for the most of us in this mastermind group, we are pretty much attracting that same patient, the patient who is going to um, value our services, ideally um, we'll pay for it, right guys? Um, <laughs> we definitely like it when they will spend money with us. Um, but my target demographic is, um, I know exactly who I want. I want a 50 plus year old, who is looking at um, improving their self-confidence through cosmetic dentistry. So you guys, um, I didn't know if I was going to share this with you, but um, so we've never done any kind of uh, real marketing, I should say. So we're, um, everything has been through word of mouth and social media. And um, now um, Chris actually introduced me to patient news and you guys are, uh, sorry for those listening on the podcast, um, this is the power of a mastermind. I get to get Chris looking at our first ever direct mail piece. So um, if you, can you guys see my screen? Um, I think you guys are on mute. Um, but okay, so thank you, Milka. Um, and you guys can unmute yourselves. Like I, I want everybody to hear your voices too, because I want all of your feedback quite honestly. So um, this is our first direct mail piece, and we still haven't um, we haven't sent any of this out. This is very rough draft. This was um, this is all happening in real time. So we just met with Patient News. They've been amazing to work with. Thank you for referring us. Um, we've had several conversations with them back and forth. And um, the thing I really love about their direct mail pieces is it's not that typical um, postcard that you get in the mail that you throw away. You guys, if, if you notice, this is actually eight and a half by 11 and it's a four page spread. So if you are interested in um, doing direct mail, I, I um, well, one, I'll, I'll, I'm going to share everything with how our office is, is doing, but I would love for Chris to basically tell me what, um, what you're seeing, Chris, and how you would attract that target demographic. And um, so we did, if you see here, the, the no insurance, don't need insurance to see us because our ideal person isn't... Um, maybe not even having uh, insurance. So Definitely. sorry if I'm Definitely. getting you guys nauseous. I'm trying to give you guys a, um, but you guys can see my screen, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, so right off the bat, um, 
Um, I love that they incorporated our logo. And I'm actually changing this photo. I think it's, um, I don't know, if, do my arms make me look intimidating? Like, if, I, if they're cross? I don't know. What do you guys think? Ashley, you look hot. I would want you to be my dentist. <laughs> I think so, it looks yeah. great. Don't change the photo. Yeah. Don't change the photo. Okay, thank you. No, thank you, look yeah. intimidating. You look yeah. so happy. Yeah, thank the only way to change that photo is if you took that photo like with some of your smiling patients at the office. Right? But it would still be the same photo. Okay. <laughs> Just add a little more social proof. So, um, so one thing that they did say was that everybody would have a personalized newsletter, which I love. So they're going to insert the last name. Um, I'm going to scroll past here. So what I wanted this first section to be instead of the convenient hours, because we're actually not very convenient, not open late, and we're not open on the weekends, or do I want to open or cater to the convenience uh, or the patient just looking for convenience? Um, so what I want this first section to be, a letter to the patient, um, basically saying like, dear so-and-so, I'm, I'm Ashley, I started this office five and a half years ago with the premise of, I hate going to the dentist myself. And um, these were all the things that I would change about the experience. And now five and a half years later, we're opening our second location because there was a need. And basically talking about my, my, my story. Um, so I wanted that first section to be the story of Smile and Co and how we've grown and changed and, and, and evolved, but at the heart of it all has always been the same. Like we believe in providing a different dental experience. And then we have that, um, the no insurance thing um, right in the middle there. And then we wanted to make sure, and I love that they put this here, um, that we have over 860 five-star reviews. Um, for this second page, um, so what our plan is, or what I want them to do, is highlight a different team member every, every time. So um, I'm actually having them change this because instead of meeting one of our hygienists, I actually want them to meet more about me and my... Um, my pursuit of continuing education. So these are all the reasons why you need to trust me with your smile. Because if I'm not in the office, chances are I'm traveling for a course and um, talking about like, you know, being a COIS grad and um, SAC top or, or 40 under 40. Like I would list my qualifications which is why they would want to see me if they are planning on doing something with their smile. And then um, we have a, a patient highlight story. Chris, would you think, so if my target demographic is, is um, in their 50s or 60s, would your first patient that you highlight be someone in their 50s and 60s? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. So I was going to have them change this. Um, and then they have a QR code. 
So we do offer virtual consults. So um, we want it, we want them to be able to just take a quick selfie and, and start the conversation that way. And then a big part of our office is our team. So having a very like, like loving, friendly, like we love each other. We, we genuinely do like love working with each other. So we have that there. And um, one thing that I didn't think about that patient news um, actually has shown lots of research is that they included this recipe. And I was like, why are they including a recipe? I mean, I'm the foodie, I'm the friendly foodie dentist. That's my tagline on all of my emails. And it's brilliant. They said, well, when patients see a recipe that they want to cook, they will save the newsletter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll put it on their fridge. Guys, is that genius or what? I'm like, oh, yeah. Let's have our face with food on their fridge. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I would do there is make sure uh, under the recipe, it's got your office name and or the website name. Okay. Um, because some people will cut it out. You see, it has the, the oh, scissors. Smart. Okay. That way, every time they look at it, that's persuasively, they're, they're still going to get exposed to your brand. Right? I love that so much. Okay. And then this is, this is the other page, the uh, fourth page. So I was going to have them. So I don't think our front of the office is very cute. <laughs> Um, I was, I'm very limited to what I can do because we're in a historic part of the, the city. So I wanted to have maybe a photo of the inside of the office. And then I also wanted, um, wanted there to be a banner or something that says coming soon, our Roseville location and have the address just, just because a lot of people who live in Folsom work in Roseville. Or vice versa. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted your opinion about that too. And then um, on that map, if you do, you have anything near the practice, uh, like a Target or a nope. store, like no. a high school people might shop near. No, okay. it's pretty. It you uh, it we're we're kind of like tucked away in like really small craftsman style small businesses. Okay. So no big nothing. All right. So I'd say for those of you that are near some kind of landmark where people it's popular that people shop at. Okay. Uh, put that on your map as well. Right. So they see, Oh, they're, Oh, they're near the target. Oh, I know where the target is. Or I go to, I go that way all the time. Oh, that's right in my path. It's kind of the, the seed you want to plant there. So okay. again, hitting back to that convenience, if you show them you're already near someplace they're already going to, gotcha. well, why would they go a little further and come to you? You know, awesome. And um, and you can see they added a QR code scan here to schedule. So we're trying to make it super high tech and easy for them. Um, but if you guys have this any is where suggestions, our, comments, yeah, this, this is where I do the free second opinion. Ah, you know why I don't do that is because I think it's um, like I don't like the doctors who uh, <laughs> mark that. Oh, you don't like the doctors and market yeah. Yeah. I well, I can see I can definitely see why you do it. Um so I think it's just something that I need to wrestle with in my head. 
Well, it's like anything else, you know, uh, try it, right? And see yeah. if you notice uh, the consults, that, that do we get some of these second opinions? So it had an effect, it's bringing more people in. And then what are these people spending? Because you know what, if they come in and they spend eight grand each, suddenly you might care a little less. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe I shouldn't care about how the other. Or maybe if you're the one getting those crappy doctor's second opinions, it might make you feel a little better. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I just want to say something. I just started using patient news. They're awesome. We're getting really good results. And I did use the second opinion. And that's the most popular uh, reason people come in. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the, what I said. Did not tell you guys, and why did I recommend Patient News is because they're one of the few marketing people and companies that care and go above and beyond to really try to understand who your target market is and find them for you. So, and they care so much. I've actually gone up there. They have paid for me to go up there and they have their entire team from content writers to the graphic designers, to the salespeople, to the web designers, the online people they use. And they all went through my two-day persuasion workshop. Okay. Awesome. So they, and you'll see a lot of my persuasion stuff is in here for that reason. Like that, the, at the very first page, the 858 Google reviews. Okay. Right. That's social proof. Putting your last name of the person on there is connecting them through liking. Okay. Having the doctor's credentials and all those other things on there is authority. So they've already layered the principles into their advertising for you. So I, I know automatically you got a better shot of their stuff working than those that haven't taken the time to learn how to leverage those principles. So let's go back to your first page for a second. So yeah, I love the 865 star reviews. You know, the only thing I might do differently here is the, you don't need insurance to see us. Um, <laughs> Nate, I'd make that stand out more. Wait, Make it stand out more. Stand out more? Yeah. Do you think they got ruined? No. It can get what? The cardboard. All right, let's go down to your second page. Let me uh let me mute. I think she did. That's why we oh wait, no. All right. Let's go down to your second page. Okay. Second page. Okay. So, so make the, you don't need insurance to see us. Would you word that differently, Chris? No, I love the way it's worded. It just, it needs to be the first thing. One of the first things they see on the page, remember they're scanning. So if it doesn't pop, they might miss it. Gotcha. Okay. Like I, I see the feel great today before I see that. And I think that's going to have more influence than the feel great today. Gotcha. So if anything, I've changed the colors just by doing that. So it okay. pops um now let's get the second page here okay so this is a good example right so here we got a picture of the technology and that's cool and all but it people really don't understand what they're what is that what what's that for what's the benefit of that right so having enteral scanners okay what problem do patients have and why once they've been enteral scanned why they absolutely love it because you know what they hate gagging Gagging impressions. So I would put a little contrast here and have a picture of somebody with that freaking impression stuff all over them. Oh. <laughs> and say, you know, yesterday's dentistry. Uh, here's what we're doing today. Meet okay. our team and meet Dr. Uh, Joe Lopez. And here's what we do at our practice that's different. And why you never have to have one of these gaggy things again. Automatically, just the picture of that's going to grab people's focus and go, holy crap. Yeah, I hate that. Wait, you don't have to do that? Oh, and you can make my teeth look pretty? Well, that's kind of cool, right? 
as you said, the your once you know who your target market is, the pictures that you use has to match it. The people have to look like them, right? We like people who are like us and are similar to us. So if they see images of, of patients that you've worked on that look like them, then they're going to be more likely to respond as a result. So, I mean, I love the picture. It's a great before and after, but that's not the target person you're looking for, not necessarily, right? So definitely I would change that out. Uh, again, you, patient stories, that's great. Each patient story uh, builds your authority. And you've already told them to read, you know, every time you'd have one of those patient stories, I would remind them to re- underneath there to read 858 more of these. Mm-hmm. Check out our website. So I would add that last little bit of social proof under every little story like that you put. Now, the other thing I was going to mention, you know, how you got Smiling Company's virtual consult at the bottom. Yes. I'd put that at the top. The virtual the first consult. Thing they but it's not a virtual consult, right? The headline is, what would your new smile look like? <gasps> oh, what would you, I love it. What would your, what would you look like with a new smile? I love that. And then you go into with smile and co's virtual consult. Da, 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 da. We can show you right now. Click, you know, scan here. And then you can go into how you're going to do it. Not with these gaggy impression things, but with this cool technology. Cause we're cool. Right. We're state of the art. Uh, and, and don't believe that, listen to these stories and I didn't put the patient stories and, and to read 858 more of these, go to the website. Um, let's see. All right. Scroll down to the next one. Love the picture with the team. Always like that. Love the recipes. Just as we said, make sure your brand's on there, your logo. and stuff. Uh, so when they cut it out, they still remember who gave them the gift of the recipe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, the rest is all, oh, sedation dentistry. Yeah, I mean, if you got sedation, geez, forget you're ever here. Like, you know, add those little headlines into those areas. Um, and then this is where, yeah, I would do right underneath each of you and your credentials, promoting your authority. That's when I'd offer the second, free second opinion. Gotcha. Okay, free second opinion on the last page. Underneath the, the all of your credentials there. And then those reviews that you've got listed. Yes. Um, if you can find a review for each doctor that mentions you by name, each, that's what should go there. Okay. Or if you've got any reviews, um, second to that, if you've got any reviews from medical professionals, like MDs and, oh. you know, Sally Jones, OBGYN, right? Uh, um, so reviews from other medical professionals, CEO of a hospital, whatever it is, uh, actually have more influence um, than just a regular patient's review. So you can amplify the principle by getting reviews from people who are in our field, so to speak, the medical profession. Those have more weight. Outside of that, then I'd want to make sure each of those, each there's something on there that specifies each doctor's name. And since you show all three docs, this is the best place to put it. Gotcha. And we talked about the map. If you had anything, somebody said uh, they got a prison near them. Hey, we're by the prison. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <Love> that. <laughs> you're headed our way. Come on down. <laughs> when, you, when you're not on bail, <laughs> stop by. <laughs> we don't val- validate your parking, but we'll pay your bail bond. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a new kind of crowd. Yeah, that's, that's a different market. <laughs> uh, 
But I mean, like I said, otherwise they already layered this with a lot of the right stuff. So there was not much to do. So. Yeah. No. What do you guys think? Have you seen a, a, a mailer like this before? Thanks for giving us a sneak peek. This is. Oh so yeah. <laughs> I love the recipe idea. That's like genius. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. automatically you guys, do you think this is going to be appeal more to men or is it going to appeal more to women? Probably women. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a key, right? Probably women, but Ashley's so like stands out. So I think some men will actually look at this as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's basically when, they're, when, they're wife, yeah. when their wife shows it to them, Hey honey, this is the office we're going to. Then they're going to go, Oh yes. <laughs> but no so men like this is why it's important to know your target audience right so like when you looked at my first advertisements that i designed on microsoft publisher back in the day trying to get myself busy it was like bullet points and pictures and real simple stuff okay a lot of free space on the page because it was targeted to men that's what men prefer in their advertising simple bullet points pictures highlights those kind of things not a lot of word content on not there. flowers my flowers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's who I attracted. But you know what? These were business type guys. These were same day dentistry patients. Like if, if I didn't do it that day, they weren't coming back, which was great because as a startup, guess what? I had a lot of time and I could do it today. So there we go. But as time changed and I got more associates and our demographic changed to, to the moms, if you will, to bring in everybody else, then it had to be more story driven content like this. So, you know, for who your, your target market is a female of a certain age, I think this is going to resonate. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys for taking a look at our, um, our first ever direct mail piece. Like, it's crazy. Somebody <sighs> asked, Do you guys uh, have any questions for Chris? Oh, sorry, Chris. What was that? Yeah, somebody asked, what if you did a free cosmetic consultation instead of a free uh, second opinion uh, since you're trying to target small makeovers? Um, I would. My opinion on that is, is that if you did do that, I would want to put some kind of small commitment step in front of them first before mm -hmm. they got an appointment. So mm -hmm. that might be the person I would do the, you know, first they have to submit the virtual consult, right? Uh, or either do a virtual consult or do a smile, a free smile projection or something to that effect um, first. And then I'd bring them in to see if they're really a candidate. So do a small thing that could be done with a team member. It doesn't require much of your time to see if they're really serious and not just kicking the tires. Because those people, you know, free small, you know, evaluation in office, those are the ones that are likely to no-show on you because there wasn't no, uh, enough of a commitment for them to move forward. So that'd be my only caveat with that. Just make them do something else first before they get to you. So you can weed out the no-shows. Oh, thank you. Oh, this was fun. <laughs> yeah, so you guys got the sneak peek. So this, uh, if I can get my stuff together and um, make sure I get all of my, um, I, I'm I have homework to do. I was supposed to write a letter and get um, updated photos, and I have not done that yet. So I'm the one who is the cog in the wheel, as always. Well, and I will say, you know, I talked about tracking and. Truthfully, Patient News has the most robust and best tracking system out oh there. Oh my gosh. 
it's, so out of all those things I mentioned, their software does all of that for you. Yeah. Pulls all that information out. You don't do any of it. I was so. typing up that question. So thanks. Yeah. Yes. No, they have their own. It's it's um, Patient Zebra, right? Practice Zebra. Patient Zebra, every, every week or every couple of days, they will give me like, these are your stats. These are your new patients. These are your current patients. These, this is your attrition. Like they give me a whole lot of information that I didn't even know that they were even privy to because they, um, they incorporate in your practice management software, mm -hmm. which yep. is really sophisticated. You get that as part of doing the mailers with them? I think yeah. actually it's like a little bit more. I don't remember how much it is per month, but it's definitely worth it. Whatever it is. It, yeah, mo most tracking, you're going to spend four or 500 bucks a month on average. Um, but again, it's, it's data I had to have. And since I didn't have time to listen to it and they can bring me all that data for me, it's money well spent. So. Do you guys have any other questions for Chris while we have him on? First off, was this helpful? Yes. Very. Very. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is always helpful, Chris. I have a question, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Golden Goose, do they answer the phones as well? Like calls? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's our main service. So, like uh, for new patients, for, for example, we answer. We can either be first in line to answer all of your new patient calls, or we can just be backup. So if it rings a couple of times and the team doesn't get it at your office, then it forwards to my team. We answer it. We're dialed right into your practice management software as if we were sitting there. So we, we make the appointment and then we email your team everything that happened on the phone call. Hey, here's Mrs. Sally Jones. We scheduled. Oh, wow. Here's her insurance information you needed. Uh, make sure you give her a confirmation call, but she should be good to go. So. So we do that for new patients. We have an existing patient service now and recall reactivation. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And as I mentioned, you know, offers wise, of course, uh, you guys have the best offer I've ever given anybody for Golden Goose because <laughs> I want to help you guys as startup. So as I said, there's no monthly fee for the first three months. Uh, the next three months, it's half price. So it's like 199 bucks. After six months, I would hope that you'll see the value that we bring and the 500 a month we charge, let's say, makes sense, okay? Uh, the only thing you pay in the interim is that $49 per patient scheduling rate. So if we make an appointment for you, it's $49, but you only get charged that if the person shows up in your office, okay? So if they no show on you, you don't get charged. So it only costs you in the first few months, especially when they walk in the door, okay? Uh, so it's a protected thing. So that kind of gives us a chance to, to show you what we can do, show you the opportunities you're missing out on. Yeah. And if your new patient's spending at least 500 bucks a year or more in your practice, then it completely makes sense. You, you got to have somebody helping you out in this capacity. If your patients are spending less than that, then I agree, we're probably too expensive for you, but that's okay. Okay. So just know you guys have that offer there. You guys have an offer with my dental membership direct company. Um, you know, you can have as many membership plans as you want. My service will track those. They'll bill those for your patients annually, monthly. And all it costs you is two things, 197 bucks a month and $15 per patient that you add to the software as an activation fee. But you're going to charge your patient an activation fee too. So actually the patient's paying for it. So we don't take a percentage of your fee, right? So one flat monthly rate, you can have as many patients on there and keep all the profit for yourself. Okay. 
Um, for those of you that know, you know, I teach persuasion and influence. Uh, I'm going to post this in the, in the mastermind group, but I've got my two-day persuasion workshop is coming up April 28th and 29th. It's in person here in Charlotte, but I always live stream it. That stream will be recorded. So anybody who registers for in-person or live stream, I'll make the video of the two-day event available for six months. So if you can't make it those days, you can at least watch it at your leisure. Okay. But if there's one thing I could do for you that can help all of you get more revenue in your practice tomorrow is teach you how to communicate properly with people and leverage the things that they're using to make their decisions and stop listening to the excuses that they give you. All that tells us is we dropped the ball on the influence standpoint before we ever got to that conversation, right? So if we back it up and change our strategies, you'll see a different outcome in the number of people saying yes to what you're recommending. And so I've got a code for you guys specifically to use that I'll post. It gets you 400 bucks off. So in essence, the two-day event, 14 hours of CE will cost you 600 bucks. And if you don't have 600 bucks to improve your case acceptance, there's not much I can do to help you. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's a good deal, like I said. And I, I, I'm really trying to discount this stuff and make it more affordable for you because I know cash is important right now. So on the marketing side of things, on the membership plan side of things, these are all things you need. But of course, I know you can't spend a ton of money right now to get them. So, Chris, um, what was that code again for the influence and persuasion? I'm going to post a link uh, that'll help you use that link to register and it'll already have the discount built in. Okay. You're posting it to the main group? Your, I'll post it to the Mastermind Facebook group. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. What about for the gold, Golden Goose? Is there a code for that? That one, when you email support at goldengoosescheduling.com, just mention, hey, Phelps talked about the making of startup special. So just mention that one. You have to mention the making of startup special specifically, or they won't give you that. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys weren't here when we first started, um, I just, our office just started with Golden Goose like a few days ago. Like we just finished the onboarding and they I've already seen them schedule like five or six new patient calls that we would have completely missed. So um, you just don't know what you don't know. And um, we had our dental membership uh, call with Chris today. Um, so Judy is getting her homework done. So we figured, because uh, Chris is having her figure out what our overhead per hour is, Chris. Overhead per chair per okay. hour cost. Okay. Because so, you got to know how much the chair is costing you, whether it butts in it or not. Right, right. And then we got to figure out, well, the patient on a membership plan is going to be in that chair for two hours a year. Yeah. Right, for the two cleanings. So you know that at a minimum, you have to charge at least that overhead amount times two to break even. But we want to be profitable, so it's got to be above that. And right. we also got to know what the patients are going to be comparing your price to, the cost of dental insurance if they go buy their own policy, which in most states is about 700 bucks. So as long as you're above your overhead number and below the 700, what they would have to pay, doesn't matter what you charge, as long as it's underneath there, you're good. So that's why you can still make sure that you're profitable with a membership plan. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for spending your afternoon with us. Thank you guys for um, for joining in. Um, make sure to to take Chris up on his offer. Like it's it's so worth it. Like. I don't know how we went for five years without, without it, quite honestly. So um, thanks. Thanks guys. So good to see you all. Yeah. One last thing real quick. I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. since I've got people here. Um, so I'm working on a deal right now. So for how many of you are placing implants in your practice? 
I want to do more. Okay, or you'd like to do more, and who would like to learn how to place implants in the practice? Oh, yeah. So normally, you know, we do a, a course for training people on implants here at the in North Carolina. You can come to my course. I provide you live patients. You actually get to work on people to get experience. And I'll teach you how to be safe and predictable to treat, in which cases to treat and which ones to kick out and avoid. But so normally, let's say the course runs, let's call it four grand. Uh, you probably spend about $5,000 on your implant kit on the motor, the surgical handpiece, um, and drills that you need, and about 15 implants usually to start with. So normally, now you're talking about a $9,000, $10,000 investment with travel to be all in. Let's call it that, right? So what if I told you that I had a dental lab that would pay all of that for you as a scholarship? So it costs you nothing to come to my course, get the training you need, get your implant equipment, get 15 implants that you can charge patients for so you can make oh, yeah. grand in revenue. And all they ask in return is you spend them $1,000 a month in lab work guaranteed until you paid them back the 10 grand. So 10 months, right? Would that be something that is of interest? Assuming what system do you teach or does that even matter? Say that again? What implant system do you teach? Yes. Uh, so I have a couple of different systems that I teach for. So the truth is 80% of those courses are all the same because what I teach about safely and predictably placing implants oh, yeah. is universal. And then the only 20% is customized for that specific implant system, little nuances, some are tissue level, some are bone level, stuff like that. So it's more what's your interest, right? More than anything else. And if you want to talk about which one I should think you should go to, we can have a separate conversation for that. But the lab's going to offer it, whether it's a ceramic implant course I teach, if it's a titanium course, they're willing to pay for it all, right, in exchange. And I figure worst case, if you hate the lab and don't use them, you just pay them off a thousand a month, it's still an interest-free loan <laughs> for 10 months guaranteed. And you, now you know how to place implants and you can make 30 grand off of it. So if that's of interest, let me know because I'm starting to build a list, but I'm trying to show this lab that there's interest in it. They're a big nationwide lab, by the way, and do, do good work uh, or I wouldn't even use them, but I'm trying to lower that barrier for people. And it's actually a group that's not dandy because I pitched it to one of dandy's principals and, you know, Dandy is fantastic. They gave me the idea with the giving away the scanner. It's the same thing. So I went to Dandy because, you know, let other people's giveaways be your gift or offer. So I said, look, you're already giving away a $20,000 scanner. Why don't you pay 10 grand for these docs to actually learn a skill that they can use the rest of their life and make 10 times that amount for half the price? And the principal was interested, but then they ghosted me. I hadn't heard Jack from them, but now I know why. I don't know if you guys hear, they just, they just fired their entire sales force. Yeah, so bring this from that. Okay, like two you. days ago, right? And now you might be thinking, why would you fire your entire sales force? Are they in trouble? No. They've been killing it. This has been the best marketing thing they've ever done. But what are they doing? They're cleaning up their balance sheet and making their EBITDA look fantastic and got rid of their labor force. So guess what? Now it's all profit, no expenses, which means they're about to get sold. So wait for it. You heard it here first. So, so just, I like what they do, but it may, it, like anything else, as soon as somebody buys them, it could change. So just make sure you stay on their quality and make sure they stay up on it. Okay. But that, that, that's what gave me the idea. So that was a good question. Whoever came up with that. So 
But that's the idea, right? I'm just thinking, look, you're going to spend money on a lab anyway. So if they'll pay for it for you, why don't we just redistribute the same money we were going to spend over here and look what you get for it? How cool is that? So that's a win-win for everybody in my mind. So you guys got my email, chris at drphelpshelps.com. Message me on Facebook, whatever you need, uh, if you want to talk about the implant stuff. But I'm hoping to lock that down by next week. I've got two labs I'm talking to, but so I, I feel pretty confident we'll make it happen. Yeah. But my thought was that people would really be interested, especially startups is who I'm doing this for, because you guys need it the most. And again, don't have the money to do it. Uh, and Chris, feel, feel free to put that in the group at large. Yeah. I'm sure you would have no problem filling spots because that's, I mean, I spent like 18000 just to fly to Dominican Republic to, to place the implants. Oh, so. yeah. I've, yeah. I spent over 20 grand on stupid yeah. hides and crap. <laughs> and then I paid another 10 grand to get them to get some implants. I don't even know how much my motor costs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, no, yeah. Yeah. There, like there's the, going to be a lot of interest. Where you got to drop a bunch of cash up front and have a credit. Oh, yeah. No. They do that because you don't know what you're spending. Yep. So, no well, thanks. thank you guys again. Thank you, Chris. You're amazing. Right, um, reach out to Chris, guys. He's, uh, he's awesome. And, and take him up on all these offers, too. Thank you so much. All right. Thank thanks, you. guys. Have Thank a good you. Day. Bye, guys. Bye. All my husband Bye. is saying is Phelps helps. Phelps helps. Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.